What's up, Lady Ballers? Welcome back. We're Soccer Props. And it's game time. Hi. Hi. How are you? How are you? Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. So big, big congrats. <laughs> Huge congrats. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> How's it feel? Uh, I don't even know if it's sunk in yet, so. Really? It still <laughs> yeah. feels like a dream? Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. Oh, my gosh. What's it like since you've been back? Um, it's been like great to be back mm-hmm. over here. Like it was, it was definitely wild and a lot, but, um, I just like wanted to get back on the field. Honestly, that like clear my head and <laughs> just get back to like normalcy. Like there's just no normal anymore. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. We were speaking with someone on, uh, Hannah Wilkinson from, um, mm-hmm. and she was just saying how like different it was over there just because like even when you guys are all eating in the same place, like you can't like mingle and everything. So it just sounded like no. such a different experience. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird. It was wild. So how did you guys stay focused and like not let things surrounding you get in the way? Like what kept you guys like focused and mindset ready and everything like to go for the gold? Um, I mean, the environment was kind of like self-focusing because you were just so secluded and like we were with the same 30 people for four weeks straight and then like you went into the village and we kind of like got thrown into like a lot of people and even the first day we went to go eat and we we're like I'm so scared of being around people like this <laughs> I have so much anxiety I haven't seen this people in so long like other than the same faces um so it's pretty like not easy to stay focused but you're in an environment where like that's your sole focus there's nothing else you can't do anything else you can't go anywhere so like it's really kind of forces you to really keep your mind on the prize. (laughs) Um, I was just wondering, like, was there something different about your team, like the Olympic team this time around um, compared to like other years for you guys? Um, I think it's like a similar vibe. Like we, I feel like in the past, we've always been like, oh, we, this is a special group. Like we're so much talent and like, there's so much effort that's been put in. I think we didn't have like a sole expectation, like for what we were capable of. And we kind of like left that super up to what we would be able to put up on the field. Like, it wasn't like, this is what we're doing because we know that we're capable of it. Like we keep saying that and it it just, it never really panned out. And so I think knowing that we were capable of it, but like not trying to do too much of the talking about it and just really making sure that what we, what we said didn't matter and what we did was more important. And like, we have a lot of younger kids like on our team now coming up and we have like a pretty young coach and all that so it's a lot of freshness within the team which I think kind of helped because we it like diminished that like expectation of having to like think oh I have to reach this it was just like let's just be the best that we can be with what we have and I think that was the best thing for us I love that I feel like sometimes like you could just psych yourself out when you're just thinking so hard about just like winning the entire yeah like obviously that's what we all want to do like yeah like nobody goes into the olympics being like i hope we come in third (laughs) yeah (laughs) 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 yeah like i feel like that's like the obvious train of thought and we we did we like i think every team like does a lot of talking about that and i think the biggest difference for me at least was we already knew that we didn't have to say it and it was just let's go out there every single day and put it out there whatever we can do, like, let's be the bravest we can be. And like, don't say it, let's show it. And the people will say it to us. 
it almost helps when there's not the expectations of, oh, this is the same squad and this is what we did the years before. Yeah. I feel like that kind of happened with U.S. Like we were like, oh, it's basically the same roster and we know that these people are have the potential to do X, Y, and Z. And when you have a fresher squad, it takes – it doesn't take the pressure off because it's an extremely high pressure thing, but it takes the yeah. expectation, the comparisons off, which yeah. is a huge difference. Yeah. It's hard, especially like no team's ever really gone back to back. So yeah. I think that that puts a lot of pressure on. And if you can just like release yourself from that, we like add so much extra pressure. That's so unnecessary. <laughs> I know it's so true. So what's next for uh, the national team right now? Are you guys taking some time off? Um, yeah, I don't think the next like people windows in September, but I think it's just too much of a short turnaround and with COVID and all that kind of stuff, it's, it's not, uh, manageable. And I'm pretty sure that we have like a contract thing that says we, once we win a tournament, kind of like the U S like you have to do a victory tour at home. Um, so like getting that organized can take some time. So I think that'll, that'll be the next step, probably October. That'll be exciting. Do you know, like, where would you want to play? I want to play in Toronto, but I have no idea where we'll be. (laughs) That would be awesome. We're all yelling on the bus, like we know that there's this opportunity to play at home, and everybody like is yelling their home cities out, like that's obviously where we all want to play, and we're arguing about it on the way to the airport. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> that's gonna be so fun. Well, hopefully Toronto. We'd like Montreal. That's not far from us. That's not far either. I'll take Montreal or Toronto. That's just it's easy for everybody. Yeah, we love Vancouver too. But for the World Cup there, we had so much. Yeah. Fun. Yeah, that was cool, but I like I'm, I'm an East Coast girl. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> awesome. it must it must be so cool for Canada and like all the young female athletes to see you guys, you know, make history like this. And I'm sure there's going to be just more and more young female athletes who want to be on the, you know, the national team. What's a piece of advice that you would give a young player who who wants that as their dream? Yeah, yeah, it's huge. I mean, we have like a little bit more pull now, like there's nothing in Canada really like to look up to. So we're trying to really push that in that direction because like the NWSL is great, but like there's no Canadian teams, there's no Canadian league. So we definitely need to push that now that we have a little leverage. Um, (laughs) But I think my biggest piece of advice, like it's a really hard industry, but if you love it every day, then it won't feel so hard. So I think like making sure that you love training, like enjoy that, enjoy going to the field every day, enjoy even when you have to go and do extra runs, like just make sure you're doing it out of pure joy and happiness rather than like feeling like you have to. Yeah. That's the best piece of advice. Yeah. Do you ever hit a point in time in your career when soccer started to feel like a job and it wasn't so enjoyable? And how did you get past that? If you ever felt that? Um, I, I truly enjoy training. So for me, like whenever I do struggle with that or like even have pressure situations where I'm mentally like fatigued or overwhelmed for me, it's just really easy to, to go and do some training where I, and I I'll tell my coaches, like, I just need to not think like, don't give me feedback. I won't be able to take it in. Don't don't like just pepper me with balls and I'll, I'll be able to like get through whatever's going on. So I haven't really had too many, honestly, I've been really lucky that I haven't faced that too much. Like soccer truly is like what I love. I love that. And I love the transparency with your coaches and teammates too. Cause yeah. you know, we've had this talk before with players, yeah. uh, you know, and, and with their parents and then being like, I need you to be my dad today, or I need you to be my coach today. Like having that conversation. I think that transparency with a coach could be huge too. Cause some days you're like, yeah. I just can't take getting reamed out. 
for the criticism. Yeah. No, it's I mean, it makes me worse. And to be able to give them the heads up, it's a win-win for both of you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it benefits yeah. them. It benefits them because I won't go off on anybody. Yeah. And I think, and that sounds like such a simple point of communication, but like back when I was playing college, I would be too scared to say that to my coach. And I don't oh, know yeah. why I would be. I don't think we get I think you just like, I feel like you just kind of feel like you have to in like put everything inside of you and not tell anybody. And like, I definitely have learned that over the past just couple of years, like to be open and it helps like having a coach who's like, just, just effing tell me like when something you had a bad day, something happened at home, just let me know so that I don't make it worse and get the worst out of you, you know? And you have to have that relationship with your coach, which is kind of hard to do. And I think when you're in a really competitive environment, like even in college, I really didn't do that. And like my coach would be like, just tell me, I will be okay. Like I will help. And I'll be like, nah, you're going to bench me because of it. You're going to think I'm weak. Or you're going to think. Right. Yeah. And we like have this terrible mind, like growing up that that's negative and it's going to influence like on the field or it's going to influence somebody's like perception of you. And meanwhile, the self-awareness to be able to actually communicate that stuff is probably one of the biggest strengths you can They're have. like, damn, that was brave as hell. And I'm going to play them because I just saw some mad courage. Yeah. yeah. So true. <laughs> that's great advice. We've never gotten this. I love it. <laughs> I'm still learning it. So. <laughs> Do you feel like you have that type of relationship? Like on most teams you have, like, what about Gotham? Do you have a similar thing where you can say that, where you feel comfortable to say that? Yeah. I mean, I've had like a lot of coaches at Gotham. So I think it's a learning curve when you have somebody new. So I think I have it now. I think at the beginning, it's like, you don't, you do have that. Like, I need to figure out how you take in information. And I need to kind of, you need to learn how I give information and like, we need to kind of tailor that to each other. So I had definitely have it now and we're, we're really cohesive, but like my coaches at home, I think that's where I learned it the most. Like even my coach here, um, when I work at TKI with Jill and Maria, like they really like ingrained that into me, like, just tell me the damn truth. <laughs> and like Siri in college used to tell me all the time, like, like she'd make me come into her office and she had this blue couch and she'd be like, tell me, tell me everything that happened today. The therapist couch. That's Literally the therapist I think we couch. all remember the color of the couch. Like, I remember like it was yesterday and it had like the hardest he- like armrest and I used to lay my head on it and like be like, yo, you have a foam roller or something like, <laughs> and I she think, like, I think it, my sweat it. is still in yeah. the couch in our coach's office. Like they tried too. And you're just like a kid and you don't have that like perception of being able to like be vulnerable with somebody mm-hmm. that is not going to impact you. Yep. It's so true. Oh my God. But yeah. It's an important relationship. It's so like, I should have learned earlier. People really tried with me. <laughs> and so it's a hard, it's a hard barrier to break. Yeah. I think yeah, you speak for everyone though. Like even I know the things to do that would put me in a position. I still resist yeah. doing them. And I think, 100%. yeah, it's, that's, it's nuts. And I wish it's a weird one. Some way to like force feed that lesson really early on would be great. But. Well, that's right. what makes it easier though. Like the earlier you do it. Yeah, 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 like the more comfortable you are communicating with your teammates and your coach. And I think that's so important. Like at the end of the day, it's just being able to like speak your truth and how you're actually feeling. And you feel so much better after you do it. Like, yeah, you always feel better after. Always. And when you like the whole process, when you hold it in, you just like it literally lives within you and it hurts. It hurts. Like you feel like you like can't. (laughs) Um, but yeah, that's, that's so important. Like, thank you for normalizing that for everyone. Like I said, Um, I'm still trying to learn. So (laughs) 
if somebody can hear that. I'm learning with you. <laughs> so did you always want to be a goalkeeper or did you play other positions? Um, I was like a forward when I first started playing soccer. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I was like really little, so everybody was a forward. <laughs> yeah. And then it was like the time when everybody had to go and goal at some point. Oh, we just like did the the usual, like, you're going to have to do a game. You're going to do a game. And like, I went in and I was like relatively fearless. So I like, I did well and they were like, you should play again. And I was like, nah, that was your one. That was my turn. My turn's over. <laughs> I'm done. And honestly, it was between my coach and my dad, like a couple weeks later, they were like, listen, I think you could actually be good at this. If you, if you started training and like started to enjoy it. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's fun, but like scoring goals, that's fun. <laughs> but they, they honestly convinced me. My dad was probably the one who convinced me the most being like, I think you got something like I see it. And I was like, all right, all right, I'll, I'll give it a try. And I started training. I fell in love. That's awesome. How, do you, how did you get over bad games unless you were somehow? I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> That's the hardest thing. That's what separates the the goalies from the people yeah. who are supposed to play goal and can't handle it. Because, like, I remember being thrown in there, and I was decently athletic, so I was okay. But I could not handle the blame I placed on myself. If I oh, yeah. So I was like, but I'm out. I'm out. That's what the problem is, though. Like, everyone always thinks that it's the goalkeeper's fault. Like, not everyone. The goalkeeper thinks it's their fault. Yeah. but. It yeah. really has to get through 11, 10 people to get to you. So yeah, it's like I heard that one a million times. I'm still trying to get over it. So, <laughs> so what do you tell, do you talk to yourself during games? Yeah. I, I mean, I work with like a lot of sports psychologists now and like I worked with them in college and really tried to, to work on the mental side because it's definitely like the most important. I think we're all really good at being like, I can push myself physically to the edge. Like that's not really the challenge I ever found. It was always, how do I bounce back? How do I not think that I'm terrible because I passed it to the wrong person once or twice, you know? And for me, I, a lot of like kind of hokey tricks in my opinion, like never really worked like stupid rubber band thing. Like there's a lot of things people like, let it go. Like that doesn't work. Like, I don't know. I think everybody has such different brains and we get over things so differently. So I had to like try a million things and I'm still trying a million things, but I always used to have like this, like all or nothing mindset where it was like the whole game's over because I just did that one thing in the seventh minute. So the whole game's a wash and it, it, no matter what I do, it will still be a bad game. And like, I couldn't get over it for like the longest time. And I had to like physically do things and tell myself like, just because one thing happened doesn't mean it's over. And like, I'd be standing there, the ball be in the corner. I'd be like, if the game's not over, the game's not over, the game's not over, the game's not over. Like, I'd have to stand there and, like, repeat it to myself so many times and get to a place where I could, un like, I could convince myself almost that I had to get back into it and that it wasn't true. Like, that's not true. <laughs> that's never true. Mm -hmm. But I had, like, done so much creating of narratives that I really, truly believed that. And so I had to do some, like, real backwards work to, to unwrite that script. Yeah. I love what you just said. I actually, I work with some clients where like, sometimes I'll be like, what's a lie you tell yourself. And it's always a lie. Like they're, they're just, let me get my book. I got to <laughs> yeah. Like, but, but seriously, it really can, it can completely paralyze you for the rest of the game. If you're telling oh, yeah. yourself that you lost already, cause it's your fault. Like everything you do after that, like your body's going to respond to the negative stuff. So like, 
it's mm-hmm. important that you're that you're making it like you're normalizing the fact that it's just not easy to change your mindset. Like it takes years of like constant work. But yeah. would you say that like working on it every day, like repetitions of practicing positive things? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I'm still working through a lot of things. Like I think the mental game is ever changing and it, it'll constantly be like one of my things that I work on all the time. I don't think I'll ever be like professional or the best. I think that'll be something that I always struggle with, but I think being able to like change my narrative is like the biggest one and put it in a more positive light or, and that I think that I used to think I also had to do it alone. And that was like one of my biggest learning points. And I feel like my personality is somebody who kind of seeks validation or seeks help or like wants to hear that I'm that that's not true. And so like having people in my corner that I could just like, listen, when I get like this, remind me that that's not true. Just remind me because you know, that's where I'm going. So if you see me like there's a mistake, be like, hey, like change the narrative. Here we go. New set. You know, and I think that was that was a little hard for me. It was like entrusting people with that and Mm -hmm. relying on them. And that's that's hard to do. And I'm still working on it. There's only like a few people I can do that with. And I think that circle needs to grow. But it, it was such a big learning for me. And like, I knew I seek validation, but I didn't want to go out of my way to get it. I wanted people to come to me for it, like with it. And I had to like, be a little bit okay with that uncomfortability of saying that to them being like, yeah. listen, sometimes I just need you to be like, that's fine. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> you know, what's so hard. You're, too, yeah, like, exactly. You're good. Like keep going. You know, it's so hard too. like, I feel like there's so many players like who just struggle in silence and they're just, they just want people to like come to them and help them. But like people can't read your mind, you know, like, so you can get upset and get worked up and no one's like confronting you about something that happened. (laughs) And like, instead, maybe again, back to the communication, it's like, grab one teammate that you could just be like, can I just like talk to you, you know, like whenever you have an issue or something like that. And like you said, like those, those circles just need to continue to grow, but the more and more people are admitting that like they need to talk to someone about something or need that help. I feel like it just will make it so much better for everyone on the team. And that's actually something we talked about in like pre-Olympics because we we're really talking about how we always talk about how we're so connected on and off the field. And we're like, our coach kind of showed us some clips of how like I made a mistake in a game or like somebody um, got tackled really hard and was rolling off the field and we kind of walked away from it. And he was like, are you really the most connected team? Because that person didn't get help up and that person made a mistake and nobody said it was fine. Nobody tried to get their head around. And we were like, it was a wake up call. We were like, damn, maybe we, you know, that was something we kind of like aren't really holding ourselves accountable to anymore. And I think it was huge for us because we kind of created that trust where we knew somebody like as soon as something would go wrong, like Desi from the other side of the field will run back and and whoever made the mistake or whoever was down, like, go pick them up, go get them. And that was really big for us in the mindset change of being able to trust all all the people on the field with you and and realize that, like, no matter what you did, they were still going to have your back. Like your, your game wasn't done because that person's there with you. Yeah. That's why that off the field stuff is so important. Like for your coach to point that out and you guys all to like acknowledge and take responsibility for that. And I guess when you're getting called out and you physically see it, you're like, wow. You're like, wow, I'm embarrassed. Like that's embarrassing. We could be better. Yeah. Like we all knew that was a mistake, but none of us went over there and we're like, 
don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, you guys weren't weren't defensive about it. You're like, realize like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, like we really do think we're the most connected and we saw we really weren't, we really weren't. (laughs) And we had to change that. And we knew that was going to be a big change for us. Like in a tournament with such tight turnarounds and people were going to be fatigued and making mistakes. Like it was going to happen. People are going to make mistakes all the time. So like being able to like have each other's back is going to be huge. Yeah. Literally one of the most important things that you guys did as a team, literally that. Yeah. Like looking back at it, I remember being in that room being like, I'm really uncomfortable. (laughs) I'm really uncomfortable with this. But like, I also remember going into other games and seeing the change, like seeing people go and pick people up when they were tackled real hard or like when they made a mistake and they, you could definitely see their head hanging. People pick them up. Mm -hmm. Personally speaking, like if I made a mistake, it would change my whole game around. If someone just said, it's okay, like shake it off saying shake it off could help that player like turn their whole game around and it's such an easy thing yeah. to do you yeah know? it's it's so easy and we just like kind of forget because it's it seems trivial and it seems like redundant but because mm-hmm. that's what you're thinking but what you're thinking people can't hear and you, you need to hear it definitely it's so important to talk about this that's awesome <laughs> yeah so I, I feel like um <laughs> Well, actually, I, we did want to ask you, like, have you ever experienced anything super difficult throughout your career um, or encountered any challenges as a player? And then also, how did you overcome those challenges? I mean, yeah, I faced a ton of challenges. And I think, I mean, injuries is like a huge one, but mm-hmm. I feel like that's a little self-explanatory. Like, we all face a lot of injuries. And my biggest thing of getting through it is like setting goals and making making them really realities and that positive thinking was huge like when I got injured in February I thought I was done I literally like in surgery wrote the number of days I had left on my hand and I was like I fully believe that I will make it back in time and tried to like even when I would like doubt it those people in my corner would be like how many days left we got this how many days and they kind of stuck me to like that process of like counting counting the days that way I knew like there was still time I have time I can really put the work in But I think honestly, the biggest one for me is like, I have been a starter a lot of my life. And a lot of times when I go into camp, I'm not. And I think that's a real mental challenge. And it's something that like, we kind of avoid because you don't want to ever talk negatively about anybody and it would never come off negatively, but it is a struggle for people. And I know that it's something you want to push and you want to be the best. You want to be number one. Everybody wants to play, but there's a lot of people who don't get to play. And that's a really hard one because you put in all that work and you know how hard you're working and people are telling you you're doing the right things and you're, you feel like you're right there. And at the end of the day, it's out of your control. And I think that's a, that's a really big, another mental battle. I think all of my challenges that I face have been mental, mental battles. Like a lot of the things that we don't like talking about or that you don't even know how to talk about sometimes. Um, and I think I'm still learning how to get through those, but I also kind of shift into when I'm in that position, like I have to put all my energy into how I can be the best teammate and how I can influence the team from my position and how I can, how I can be there. And I know I'm going to work my, my butt off as hard as possible in every training session. I'm going to make their decision as hard as possible, but at the end of the day, letting go and, and letting somebody else make the decision is, is probably one of the hardest mental battles. 
was going to say so much of it is accepting things for the way they are and then looking at the reality of the situation and figuring out how you can do the best in what the current situation is. And I think people get so caught up in focusing on what it could be. Oh, I could be starting or I should be starting or I could be healthy and not injured right now. But if you take a step back and look at the moment for what it is, it lets you be much more successful in your, in your current moment than wishing it was something else. So I, I love that advice. And, you know, going from starting to not starting is a huge mind F and people have a, that's one of the hardest things to overcome. But yeah. like saying if, if you're my job right now is to make training the absolute best and most intense it can be and push the person who's ahead of me or make everyone else around me better it's easier to walk on the field and feel like you accomplished something for the day or that you're, you're doing the right thing today was a win when you actually just make the most of it. So I love that you said that. Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's definitely challenging. And I remember working with like our mental performance coach um, throughout the Olympics. And like when Giannis like made that quote of, I live in the present because if I'm in the, in the future, it's pride. If I'm in the past, it's ego or something like that. I remember we talked about that for hours because I was like that hit home. Like mm-hmm. I stay living in the past and the future. Like, I don't think I've lived in the present for five minutes sometimes. Like mm-hmm. it's so hard. And I was like that. And so anytime I found myself doing that, I literally came back to it and I was like, that's your ego. And that's not you. I love like that. that's your pride. And you don't want people to think you're too, like, you don't want to do that. Yeah. It's, it's so true. And I don't know if you ever read the book, a new earth by Eckhart Tolle. No, I think, I think you would really like it. It's all about the ego. and athletes in general like they run on ego it's like survival (laughs) mode it's how it's actually how like they get they they reach so many goals but like the ego can tear you apart like if you if you usually play and then you're benched it could rip you apart because you're not playing yeah it can and it does to people but it shouldn't like define you as a player and like you were saying like there's things that just aren't in your control sometimes so it's like that's when you control, you can control being the best player on the bench. You could be the loudest, most supportive player out there and make a difference for your team. Just dealing with the circumstances. Like it's just a really good mindset shift. And it's, it's, it's it's really hard. It's really hard. And like, I'll, I'm, like I said, I'm still working on all of that mental stuff and it's always going to be a challenge every time, but it's something that I think a lot of people face. Yeah. Yeah. But the most important thing is acknowledging it and being aware of when it's happening. Cause then you can yeah. switch it back. And it's okay to talk about it when it's happening and be like, damn, this is really hurting me. Like I, it took me like a while to be able to say like, this is, this is messing with me a little bit mm-hmm. because I didn't want to seem like it was like, I wanted to just be the best that I could be in my role, but it's also okay to be the best at it, at your role and talk about it. It doesn't mm-hmm. like diminish one. Yeah. And I so think. I think yeah. back to no one remembers the teammate because they started or not. They remember them because they were a good teammate. Yeah. That means they're on the bench and they're cheering you on and they're, they're pep talking you like that's who you're going to remember. Like, no, yeah, it's huge. And I think it, it reflects on who you are as a person so much. And like, you can appreciate it when somebody appreciates just that piece a little bit more, honestly, when they, when they appreciate who you are as a person, it actually like, it does fuel your ego a little bit, but in a good way, like it, it makes everything around you feel a bit better because it wasn't just your ability. It's who you are. Yeah. And you're impacting other people positively. You're not just benefiting yourself. Like, yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, you're just a much better teammate 
for that. And it's really, really important. And like you said, everyone's working on it. Like it's a practice every day, but hopefully your ego takes a backseat eventually. And you don't always have to like, you know, feel that you have to be the best all the time. Like it's crazy. Um, so besides soccer, do you have any other passions or hobbies? (laughs) Um, I'm obsessed with my dog, honestly. And (laughs) like, I used to work through the shelter and so I spent a lot of time like doing fostering and all that kind of stuff, but we finally adopted our, our dog. And so I'm, I'm actually Congrats. obsessed with her. <laughs> what type of dog? Um, she's like a mutt. She looks like a little lab, but she's, she's so many different things. <laughs> Dogs are the best. They are. They make, they change, they change your whole world. <laughs> they really do. I'm also obsessed with mine and he got a really bad haircut and I cried. So <laughs> That's yeah. how connected I am. <laughs> it's your kid. It's your kid. <laughs> it wasn't just a bad haircut, Carl. Yeah. It's not called a bad haircut. It was a massacre. It was not. It was oh, no hair that behind. I have to find a photo for her. So what are your, we'll yes. just, we'll wrap up with this. Do you have any goals for the rest of the, the year or 2022? Is there anything personal or team wise that you want to achieve? Yeah, I think as a team, like, we're really pushing for NWSL championship this year. And I think it's the most realistic it's been in a long time. Um, so that's definitely all of our sites are, are set on that. And we're looking forward to getting Evan Carly back in too, so that we can, we can push full steam. Um, but I think personally, like it's just come back in. And I think the biggest thing is enjoying it as much as I can every day. I think sometimes you get caught up in, in the craziness and I know I, I got caught up in it and, you get focused on all those things that you want, but there's just so much time in between what you want and where you're at. And mm. I think having, making sure that I go to practice and I enjoy every day. And um, Aaron, I made a mistake in training one day and, and Aaron looked at me, Aaron McLeod looked at me from across the, the field and she goes, smile, bro. What are you doing? <laughs> I love that. And I was like, you're right. I look like I have like a, a bit of a resting bitch face sometimes. Like I'm just like I, everybody thinks I'm like mean and like in my head. <laughs> I'm just in my head trying to process everything. I'm like I'm not judging anybody. I'm trying to understand what's going on in front of me. So sometimes I don't realize what my face is doing, <laughs> and like I've been really trying to smile a lot more in training because of it. She pointed it out, and I was like, I feel like ass. Like I probably just look so mean. So that's like a big personal goal, and just trying to get better every day. I love that. That's perfect. All right. I'm going to try and smile more today. Yeah, it, it does change. It does change. I didn't realize how much it would change. I feel like people look at me and they're like, why are you smiling so big? I'm like, why aren't you smiling? Yeah. Yeah. Turn it and on it's now. a ripple effect. Yep. Right. I literally probably have gone how many years? 26 years and I haven't smiled this much. So <laughs> she really, uh, she really brought something new. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, Kaylin, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. And we're so excited to see everything that you're going to be doing. Um, we thank love you, watching yeah. you and congrats again. It's so exciting. And we hope to see you play in person soon. Yes. Come on out. Thank you guys so much for having me on. And I'll follow up. We'll grab your address and send you some stuff. Oh, cool. Thank you. All Before right. you go, this is the Oh, the let me see. <gasps> Oh, you can't really no. see it. It's, Who is that? On the right? You can't really see it, but like I literally, oh, he's a, he's a uh, what do you call it? Like a chihuahua. He looks like a chihuahua. The hair grows, hair grows back. <laughs> it does. It does. It's just a shock the first time I've been. Yeah. <laughs> dog is this. <laughs> Congrats on your dog and like good oh, luck with you. everything. I uh, appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. Thank Bye. you.
Alrighty, listen up. If you didn't know that we have swag, where have you been? Living under a rock? You can get 25% off our t-shirts, long sleeves, sweatpants, keeper gloves, the whole list goes on. If you use code PODCAST25 at checkout on SoccerGirlProbs.com today. That's S-O-C-C-E-R-G-R-L-P-R-O-B-S.com. And use the code PODCAST25. I repeat, PODCAST25 at checkout.